Easy come, easy go. Will you let me go? Mash. Wait, what does he say? Mash, moosh, mash. I wouldn't let you go. Let me 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 go. No, Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot. This is the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name's DJ. And my name's Damon. Good job, wow. Damon. <laughs> I like to breathe while introducing myself. Good job having a name. <laughs> you know, thank you. Uh, I wish I could take credit, but it really was on my parents. <laughs> you know who else has a name? Wayne Campbell. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Your segues are masterful. It's a good zish. A good zish. Very good zish. We're watching Wayne's World from 1992. (laughs) Not the sketch from Saturday Night Live. Was this the first, like, successful sketch to movie? No, uh, but it was the first in a long time. I did some research today. I guess Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers in 1980. But that was... Not really. It's not a sketch, but it, yeah. they did start on Saturday Night Live. Right, so, sure. Uh, it counts. But this was the first, uh, the, after 12 years, it was the first SNL movie. And then it started a wave of SNL sketch sketch movies, which culminated in The Ladies' Man. Was that the last one? Did they give I up after so. that one? I, that was the last. That was like, Tim Meadows, you have to leave SNL, and we're going to give you this movie in order to make that happen. Was the... Um, Mary Catherine Gallagher one. That was after that. That was after Ladies Man one. No, I think that one was the one before it. Okay. And don't forget, it's Pat. Oh, I've already forgotten. <laughs> and there was also uh, Stuart Saves His Family. Yes. Coneheads Disgrace long after Con- the fact. Disgraced Senator. That's right. Weird. Uh, Coneheads long after the fact. Yeah. I I watched that movie. I would be interested in watching that movie for the podcast, but I cuz I actually have some connection to that movie. I think I've seen I've caught the last two-thirds of that movie 600 times. Yeah. I wouldn't say I don't think I it's going to be good, but no. but I remember kind of no, like No. No. I kind of no. ha- had like an affinity. <laughs> no. Go no. Full emperor. <laughs> no. I have an affinity for it or I did growing up. Like I think just cuz I saw it a lot of times. Mhm. It's a weird squeaky noise. I apologize. Out. Thank you for for letting me think that I had gotten away with it and then <laughs> returning back to it 30 seconds after the fact. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I hope it even shows up in the tape. We'll so see that what it happens in the edit. Anything to anyone. This, did you watch this movie growing up, Wayne's World? Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, well, this, you, this may surprise you um, Based on my sweaters and cardigans, but I was not popular in high school. Okay. So uh, my effeminate demeanor and my knowledge of the presidents uh, didn't like uh, you know inure me this to year. the <laughs> this year. Still, Bill Clinton. But that didn't inure me to a lot of straight guys who wanted to go to the theaters and okay. see uh, Wayne's World. Right. Um, although I do have a memory of like being into Saturday Night Live before my peers and. Right. To me, that felt like I was like way ahead of them, but I was probably just like nine months ahead of them. Right. I remember this being my least favorite of the Mike Myers, like, because you had Sprockets, which I liked, and you had Coffee Talk, which I liked. Yeah. 
Wayne's World, I was kind of like, it was a little too, not, I don't want to say broy, but it was like that metalhead, like. Right. I was like, you didn't I don't relate to the have character. an affinity to these, yeah. like, stoners. Although I don't think they're really coded as stoners. Not. They're semi I mean, stoners? Kind of. They're it was supposed before to be like, they could get away with really yeah. coding them as stoners. I don't think they even. Bear, they're coded in the sense that they kind of talk that way. Right. And then they're kind of, you know, made to be losers. They're like recording from the his mom's basement, you right. know. But. Yeah. What I do want to say, though, is the first time, and I think I've only seen this one time. So the first and only time I saw this movie was sandwiched between Phyllis and Harry. We rented the movie from yeah. It's Showtime Video, which I'm sure I've plugged many a time. <laughs> they're on getting a lot podcast. of business from us. Not anymore. No, they're... Because it's a video store and it's 2019. People are just... <laughs> keep going that way. It's not 2019. Oh. Welcome to the new decade, unless you're lame about it and you want to be like actually the decade starts in 2021 Ugh, that sounds so me but i hate <laughs> me when i come out of other people's mouths <laughs> shut up me i love this growing up and i think i'm still going to love it i, I quote it a fair bit um no, say it with confidence to say it's a good movie i think is maybe I think it's a good movie in the sense that I think I'll laugh, but I mean, it's not like a, it's an SNL movie. You know what I mean? Like, so if you like the character. But it was an SNL movie before we had gotten tired of SNL. Yeah. I think, I think they did a good job with this one. If I'm remembering correctly. Coming back, coming back, you were like, you were keeping Wayne's world at a distance and now I can hear your full throated embracing of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm within 20 seconds of each other. (laughs) I'm excited to watch it because I think I've seen it enough like on tv too where i it i feel like it holds up but i also do conflate wayne's world 2 and wayne's world 1 a lot and i like them both i've never seen wayne's world the second well we'll be doing that next right okay let's do it All right. dan mcintyre asked us to do and we are both wayne's worlds if i are legally prescribed to do whether it. he did or not i'm assuming that he did uh let, what would dan want were dan I still alive myself, ooh. <laughs> Dan asked us on his deathbed to watch <laughs> Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. Um, I will say, uh, and it's hard to remember this in this post-the-love-guru world. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like Mike Myers' sense of humor is right in my wheelhouse in that yeah. it's a lot of dumb things yeah. with a winking intelligence yeah. just underneath it. Yeah. So there is a lot of stuff that... Many of the seventh grade boys in my class really thought was funny, and yeah. then a lot of like meta, in meta humor and intelligent references that are just bubbling underneath, yeah. which I always enjoy both in this and in Austin Powers. This is also a very like, I I don't think it'll seem some things will seem dated, but it also is a very like MTV generation. Even yeah, though it's like kind true. of making fun of it, but also is of it at the same time, mm-hmm. which I think is a very Mike Myers thing to do. Like it's like like Austin Powers was very much making fun of spy movies, of James Bond movies, but also celebrating them at the same time. Right. And it's like that's what satire is. Well done satire is always well not satire. Parodies are usually <laughs> a love letter, but also giving them a little just a little on the chin. Just good natured ribbing. Just a little one of those Casablanca type punches. Nobody makes fun of my little brother but me, you know? And That's your little brother thing. is in like Flint or, <laughs> or Cool Hand Luke. Okay, so we're going to watch Wayne's World. I think we got it on cable or something. I don't know. You'll find it. You have There's too many streaming services. I'm not going to tell you where to get it. You Just need a Showtime. Up. You need a Showtime I think it's on Showtime. We have cable because um, 
I'm addicted to television. So I'm in the right line of work. Despite the fact that you can't do that on On television. All right, we'll be back after we watch the movie. Join us. Hey, guys, it's fine if you air this recording. My name is Dawn, and I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. I've been listening for quite a while. I don't know if this fits the parameters of the show, because I'm about a decade older than you guys, but I would love it if you would cover the movie Space Camp. It came out in 1986, but since you just covered a movie, Ernest Day's Christmas, that came out in 88, I thought I'd have a shot. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that movie. Uh, It had a pretty impressive cast of stars before they were famous, including a very young Joaquin Phoenix um, and his robot sidekick. Um, That's all. Thanks, guys. Uh, Great show. Bye. First of all, thank you for uh, thinking that our show has parameters. Actually, uh, I, I appreciate that. I feel like we've set that up before <laughs> that 87 is the cutoff. Anything before that, we will not. We is that true? To... No. Oh. <laughs> I was like, like, when did I think, say that? There are decisions being made that you wouldn't be a part of. <laughs> was there a meeting? I didn't Me get invited. Me and Brenda to... got together. <laughs> Who's Brenda? <laughs> I can't keep track of all these people for you. If you don't want to do your job, you can't be a part of these meetings. Do we have also, an intern? It also implies that not only did Joaquin Phoenix go on to become a big star, but, but so his did robot, his robot sidekick. That was C-3PO. Little known fact. Oh. Um, you, somebody else uh, in your orbit wanted us to yeah, watch someone Orbit. <laughs> space. Space. Wanted us to watch Space Camp. Yes. Uh, I believe the premise is that they are at Space Camp, the titular... I'm following uh, so far. The eponymous space camp. Uh, and they, um, I might just be piecing this together from memory, but I think they get launched into space somehow and have to find their way back to Earth. I have never heard of I'm not familiar with this movie. Let's watch it. I feel like it was a TV movie or something not completely released in theaters. Hmm. Can something be partially released in theaters? Well, they show the first hour <laughs> and then like, you know what? Forget it. You're not ready for it. You know what? If you can't handle it, if you're not ready not for Leaf Phoenix yet, and remember that name because he's going to be big with that exact name. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call. If you want to call, 615-576-0525. We'll play a message on this one. Or maybe not. <laughs> no, we will. We will. Or we won't. Or we will. <laughs> we just watched Wayne's World. We did it. <laughs> you said we couldn't, but we did it. You didn't think that we'd be able to sit still for 90 minutes, 94 minutes, but we did. In a way, this episode goes out to all the haters. Big thanks to Vui's Kitchen for the Vietnamese food to get <laughs> us through. Um, do you want to recap this movie for us, please? Thank you, Damon. Go. Uh, Here, I'll count you down. Five, four, Wayne's World uh, is a public access uh, show, variety, I guess you could define it as. Uh, They have guests, they have music, they have recurring bits. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a talk show. It's hosted by Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar. Uh, And, uh, you know, they hit it big. Rob Lowe sees them on TV once and uh, decides they would be great for his schemes that i never put together um he was gonna use their show to gain the sponsorship of 
Noah's Arcade. Mm -hmm. And then the world? I mean, we can get into whether he's actually a villain as far as his actions go later, but... Uh, And... uh, so, you know, he, he, he puts up the money and, and they get a real professional studio. They, they start uh, rehearsing for this new TV show. And uh, Rob Lowe's villainous villainy uh, rears its ugly head in the form of notes. And, <laughs> studio notes. <laughs> and um, this affects uh, Wayne's burgeoning relationship with uh, another musician, Tia Carrere, and affects his friendship with Garth. Storms um, off the show. Storms off the show at one point, and uh, you know, comes back and saves the day, or in, does he? in one of the in one of endings. the alternate endings, and that's Wayne's world. Did I miss anything? Uh, yeah, I mean, no, that's a little stuff, but that's the that's the the main beats, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's based off of an SNL skit. SNL yes. standing for Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay, and skit standing for sketch, and sketch standing for. Sketchers. <laughs> uh, They've got a rounded soul, so you're always working out. So you're always being propelled forward. So it always feels like you're standing on Jello. Um, Roblo, Roblo plays Roblo. the villain Benjamin. His name is Benjamin in this movie. Mm-hmm. Damon. Damon kept saying during the course of watching this, kept saying, "Who's Benjamin again?" It was like he's like the third main character. <laughs> I blame the movie. Um, well, we kept calling him Roblo. I think is the thing that, you know, that doesn't Rob help. So at this time, Roblo had basically Roblo was a big star in the eighties. If you don't know this, you probably do. If you're listening to this podcast, right? Huge star in the eighties, and then. There was a sex scandal, which I, I had to refresh my memory because I didn't remember exactly what happened. But he was in a sex tape with a 16-year-old. So, gross. Mm-hmm. Um, technically. Over technically age, legal. Technically legal in, in the state in which it was found. But it was a big scandal and he was basically not working anymore. And then this. Because people were like, oh, you have sex with teenagers. That's gross. And uh, this movie is credited with being at least part of. The revival of his career. And then West Wing shortly thereafter. Not shortly thereafter. A while after. But <laughs> Well, no. When did West Wing start? Uh, it was like the late 90s. I don't think so. No? I think it was about the mid 90s. So probably in shortly after this. You want to look it up? I, it's itching you. Yeah. It's I want to bet you some money that it's like 99 maybe. 99? Well, I'm not going to put money on 99. Okay, I'm, but I'm, my responded a bit strongly, and I apologize, but I don't think it's 99. Oh, wow, it's 99. <laughs> 99 to 2006. Uh, Damon. Well, don't forget, also... Uh, just want to give you a big, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know what? And I deserve it. <laughs> I'm uh, usually wrong about this, but I've been watching <laughs> The West Wing because I'm one of those... Uh, Horrible people who watch TV shows to escape. To escape, um, and they're called white people. They're called <laughs> privileged white people. Uh, well, what I mean, when did Austin Powers two come out? Austin Powers two would have been after this, so I don't know, ninety five, ninety six. No, I think the first Austin Powers ninety five. Hmm. We're looking that up, too? Yeah, sure. Hey. Who cares? Google with Damon and DJ. Actually, I think Austin Powers 2 might be also 99. Should I bang it? It also might be 99. You want me to bang it? 
Yeah, please. If you could hop on Lycos and check it out. Dogpile. So Austin Powers is 97. Austin Powers 2, which is Spy Who Shagged Me, 99. The second one. Is you know why I know that? Because the trailer uh, was heavily Star Wars'd out that year for, for the trailer for Austin Powers 2 and they the trailer said if you see one movie this summer see Star Wars but if you see two movies <laughs> before we realized that that Star Wars was gonna suck and you actually probably should have gone to see the other one luckily they never made any shitty Star Wars after Gulp. Um. so not only did this movie revitalize the career of Rob Lowe I think Dayton resident Rob Lowe. Is he originally? Is he one of yours? One of your hometown heroes? I know know the she. I know Martin Sheen is, but uh, I think Rob Lowe is too. Let's see. You just want to claim everyone. I'm just. I just want the entire West Wing cast is from Dayton, Ohio. I want people to hear me googling. (laughs) Uh, No, Charlottesville, Virginia. Wow, way off. Yeah, I don't know if Dayton is involved anywhere oh yeah Lowe was raised in a traditional american setting in dayton ohio why is traditional american setting in quotes like he's a robot i don't know but also attending oakwood oakwood is where rich people live in dayton he does have the bone structure of a rich person which is like oh yeah surprise surprise (laughs) this famous actor came from a rich family um anyway it also revitalized the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. It hit number two in the American charts after Queen had sort of uh, been forgotten here Yeah, in and it was actually bigger this second time. And I, I, this was the first time I had heard it as a kid because we were like 10 when this came out. Um, there's a, This was the first time I heard a lot of classic rock songs because this was the first time I heard Ballroom Blitz. Yeah. I uh, didn't know who Alice Cooper was before this. And how his affinity for Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And put out the best song I've ever heard about feeding a Frankenstein. <laughs> Name me a better song. <laughs> um, Putting on the Ritz. It also, I, I heard in interviews after the, this that uh, this was the first step in Mike Myers' 30-year plan to finally then be featured in a <laughs> Queen biopic referencing his own movie. Um, I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but apparently Mike Myers has a cameo saying yes. that uh, it's the song is too long and kids want to bang their heads in cars to it. Let me give you a quick review of Bohemian Rhapsody. Please. Film. It's bad. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to defend it. I just love when people don't like movies. I The music is amazing in it, of course, because Queen's amazing. And the so song you want a trophy bad. for that? And yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is like, yes, I would. Yeah. But they, you know, they do a lot of good, like the you know, it's like one of those films where you're like the the music parts of it when they're talking about. It. But it's always like, I got an idea, and then it's like <laughs> they just have a full song. And you're <laughs> like, okay, it's a shame that um, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, wasn't bigger hit because I feel like that would have put the nail in the coffin for that type of music biopic because it <laughs> just really nails it so perfectly but yeah. no one actually went to see it so yeah. that didn't become a trope where people were like we've got to avoid doing that right because it's stupid <laughs> they're like no let's just keep doing that what else we got we got of course we got mike myers's wayne we got dana carvia's garth we got uh, those are the stars of the movie mm-hmm. ed ed o'neill plays like the donut shop <laughs> who may have who may have killed who a man clearly has some uh history of violence every time they Cut to him. He's talking about stabbing a man. Or something. <laughs> we also got uh, what's her name? 
Ion Sky or I don't know Ioni how you say Ion Sky. The the she was in Say Anything. She is uh, the one night stand that that Rob Lowe's character Benjamin is having at the beginning of the movie when he sees Wayne's World on TV and he's like, "What the hell is this?" And she's like, "It's amazing." I don't know the career of Ioni Sky. Well, we didn't recognize her. Only Lauren <laughs> did. She's like, "Is that the lady from Say Anything?" We're like, um, "So, do you think it was like a bigger role that got cut?" Or is it just like, uh, you were big in a time long gone, you're going to play the I think, unnamed girlfriend of executive in this scene. I feel like that was, I don't know if I've seen her in a lot of other things, but I'm also not good at this game. So we've got Lara Flynn Boyle as Wayne's ex-girlfriend, Psycho Hose Beast. Yeah. Um, Stacy? Stacy, yeah. We have Tia Carrera. Mm-hmm. What's she been doing recently? I don't know. You want to Google it? (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst podcast of all time. Here's the problem. Stop naming people. (laughs) Here's the problem, uh, listener. Um, I'm going to spoil our our entrance a little bit. This is a pretty decent movie. (laughs) We laughed a lot. It was stupid, but it was like intentionally stupid. So this tape is just going to be us saying, you know who else is in this? Brian (laughs) Doyle Murray. And you know what bit I thought was funny? (laughs) This one that I'm going to recite now. This is the difficulty of watching a a We've got to watch shittier movies. Uh, I think we were generally, we have that covered, but. uh, (laughs) um, So why don't we, instead of just naming people, Okay. And then Googling them. Meatloaf. <laughs> Meatloaf, for example. Yeah. Chris Farley. When did he die? Mm. 97, I think. I don't want to talk about it. Um, I do have my in my notes, just to, to stem off from the Chris Farley thing, yeah. that professional Farley is my favorite Farley. Yeah. Um, because he's just such a ball of energy that when he is even just standing still, it seems like he's twitchy. someone might get hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in this, he plays a security guard who's backstage and provides um, a lot of ancillary information that will come into right, play later. <laughs> uh, Wayne and Garth ask him, wow, is that uh, Alice Cooper's limo? And he's like, no, that's what was the guy's Frankie name? Sharp of Sharp Records. <laughs> and he just goes on and lists for Mr. Sharp's itinerary for the next few days. And uh, Wayne and Garth walk away saying, wow, that was a lot of information. <laughs> but I do. I mean, he's just. He's one of those people that can make Chris Farley. He's one of those people that can make ordering a cup of coffee pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so just him trying to just get out a few lines about where Mr. Sharp will be is oddly entrancing. What do you think? This is a thing that seems like it would get on your nerves. Low bar to clear. Because Wayne's World has a lot of catchphrases. What do you mm-hmm. think? I, I do have a swing counter, but it was only four. So it's. Not I will say because we did watch a few skits after this, yeah, uh, just to refresh our memory on what the yeah, the what the actual too. sketches from from uh, Saturday Night Live are like, and they are a lot more uh, catchphrase heavy than this yeah. is. Yeah, um, I will say, like one of my irritations with Mike Myers is that, and I guess we'll find out, we'll run the test on this 
the next time when we do Wayne's World 2, is I remember with Austin Powers, there were a lot of lines that caught on after the fact. Right. And sort of became catchphrases in the abs, like after the movie had released. Right. Um, just through the zeitgeist. And then in Austin Powers 2, just, just became overbearing. It. Right. And then in Austin Powers 3, it's like meta making I waited fun until of... that came to video before I actually saw it. Yeah. So uh, it just becomes kind of exhausting. And Mike Myers cannot resist the allure of a catchphrase. I will say he does show remarkable restraint in this movie. Yeah, I mean, they do. They obviously do. They do say swing a few times. Yeah. They do like the kind of, uh, what are the other ones? Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and monkeys will fly out of my butt. Yeah. They're, but Extreme it's, close up. They get a yeah. few extreme close ups. Um, but also, like, you couldn't make this movie without doing those things at least once. Right. And, and I think for the most part, they do them once. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Four swings. And they, they do swings. the hurl, like, saying different words for vomit, basically, is the joke. And it's it's a good joke. <laughs> it's a good bit. If you spew and she bolts, it was never meant to be. <laughs> um, but I, I do appreciate that, aside from those those catchphrases i mean the movie sort of figures out its own language that it wants to use in telling its jokes yeah. it reminded me a lot of edgar wright movies yeah kind of like scott pilgrim and uh, the cornetto the trilogy Dead. and yeah. all, whatever we're calling those um in just that it not only uses you know of course the dialogue to make jokes but also the, the directing. Uh, cinematography and the yeah. directing to to make things funny um so i do enjoy that about this as well is that it figures out a fun language yeah, that, v- visual and very jokes. meta uh meta meta jokes as well i don't know why i got so exhausted while saying that <laughs> it's your own oh, observation i'm still talking um it has its own meta commentary as well in that wayne and garth talk directly to the camera wayne of course is very garrulous so he talks to the camera the most Garth, they really play up how timid Garth is in this yeah. movie, which was my favorite part. And while you were in the bathroom, uh, your wife admitted to me that it was also her favorite part. Yeah. Um, he's I just, like it. That's like a secret that I'm like, <laughs> how dare she say that to you? <laughs> she told you and not me? What? Um, there are two parts where Garth kind of looks at the camera and just sort of like nudges to the corner and like, come with me. Come over <laughs> here. And, uh, like, then once he's away from everyone else, we'll talk directly to the camera. There's also a part where Ed O'Neill starts talking directly to the camera in a very haunting monologue about killing a man. And Wayne's like, whoa, yeah, uh, and <laughs> takes back control of, of the, the monologue. But I enjoyed that as well. Um, there was a floating sequence where Wayne just is, like, floating towards Tia Carrera. <laughs> yeah, like a dolly shot. Uh, yeah. There's scenes where whenever he sees Tia Carrera, that Gary Wright's Dreamweaver starts playing and stars, like, sprinkle around her. Um, there's a Cantonese sequence where he learns Cantonese to talk to Tia Carrera's character, who's Cantonese. Um, and uh, the subtitles... Uh, what he says is very brief, but the subtitles are... And they're just waiting for the subtitles to uh, finish. Yeah, elaborating yeah. on a very complicated point, and he's just... Waiting and just looking bored and waiting <laughs> and waiting. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like it it sort of takes the language of movies and makes it funny as well. Also, what, like having watched some of the sketches, and we only watched a handful, but uh, uh, afterwards, they definitely did. They like took the spirit of the sketches and made it into a movie, which is the whole point, right? Like, right. I think um, it's it can be difficult to do that if there's not enough there to stretch into an hour and a half movie. But this, they like took what made sense and then they did stretch it enough where it was like, okay, they made a story out of it and they, 
they took the things where they one of the jokes, the recurring jokes in pretty much every sketch that we saw is that at some point someone will say something very serious and educated and they'll have like, <laughs> like a really highbrow point. Mm-hmm. And they did that several times in, in the movie as well. And, and it landed, they didn't do it. They didn't like do it to death, but they referenced it. And like, like when, uh, Alice Cooper, my favorite bit when Alice Cooper starts talking about the origin of the word Milwaukee, and he's like, "Oh, it's actually Algonquin for the good land. Good land comes from Milwaukee." I say that every time I've ever been in Milwaukee. I say that. A lot of my personal dialogue in everyday situation comes from this movie. It turns out. Um, but it also seems like um. I mean, there are a few scenes where it remi- like it does seem like a labor of love for Mike Myers. The street hockey scene is what yeah. comes to mind. Game which, on. Uh, where, <laughs> also quote that pretty much every day. Where they're playing street, they're playing hockey in the street, and I just feel like it was obviously like based on Mike Myers' own life. I mean, he's a big hockey fan because he's Canadian, and by law, he has to be. Um, right. But every time a car comes, they both sort of shout but like in a very belabored way they're like car and they have to like pick their their the goal up and and move everything and then the car moves and they're like the game goes back into motion we do that pretty much every time i cross cross the street with other people you go car game on it's a good bit it's It's a good charming it's not even that hilarious it's just it seems to come from real life i don't play a lot of street hockey you might be surprised that a lot of my strength comes from the upper body. So I'm more of a football guy, tosser, catcher, that sort of thing. I don't know what That's the what fuck they're called. That's what I've heard. Um, <laughs> tosser and catcher. <laughs> is, that a, is that a thing? Uh, probably. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and, and point out the things that I regularly quote. Go ahead. Let's get there. it out of your system. Um, well, this, this isn't so much a direct quote as uh, he says, as soon as he meets... Cassandra, he says, like she just got in a fight with some other bar patrons that like spill beer on her, and he goes, "Everybody was kung fu fighting, right?" And then he just winces at his own <laughs> dumb comment. <laughs> like when you know you said something dumb, just like. And then uh, at <laughs> some point, it, uh, Rob Lowe's character acknowledges that his uh, his assistant guy produced a was African American anthology hour or something like that, and they're like never heard of that one he's like it's on very late and then the guy goes it won several awards <laughs> i say that all the time uh, uh that russell is that guy's character and he well, kurt I can't, fuller character kurt, actor kurt fuller kurt he's fuller. all over the 90s the early 90s <laughs> uh at one point he's like go and go get to know the crew and he just stands next to them and just goes hi it's <laughs> a thing i regularly do uh Kurt when, Fuller also plays a lot of assholes in movies. Yes, yeah. I remember him probably most for Ghostbusters 2, where he's the asshole mayor's assistant. Right. It was charming in this, where he sort of gets to be kind of a nerd and becomes friends with all of yeah. uh, he starts their, as a bad the guy, roadies then, yeah. or the crew guys, um, which is very charming. Yeah. Uh, when Wayne's reviewing the contract, <laughs> clearly not reading it, he goes, <laughs> yes, yes. I like what you've done here. <laughs> Do that pretty much every time I've ever re- reviewed a document. Uh, hi, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> good bit. Yep. It's funny because there's not much to know about Delaware. Yeah. Car game on. We already yep. said that. Um, 
when he when Wayne has money and so he decides to buy his dream guitar that he was fawning over early in the movie, he says, I'm feeling saucy. <laughs> Thing that I do. Sure. Uh, <laughs> just ticking things just off. Just checking them off. Um, no, I'll let you I'll let you have the floor on this one. Go ahead. Uh, when they're at the Alice Cooper concert and they have backstage passes and they're just literally showing their backstage pass to every <laughs> single person they pass. Including people who have already looked at it and let them pass. They just keep showing it to people behind them. As someone who occasionally gets to do gigs where I get backstage passes, <laughs> I do that every time. <laughs> Nobody usually gets it, but there will be usually one person who's like, Wayne's World. And like, then you're like, wow, it was worth it. Yeah, I'm really glad I committed to this bit. <laughs> <laughs> um... This is not so much another direct quote. This is something that um, <laughs> this is something I, I like to do. Uh, for example, when you're grinding your coffee beans, and uh, it's a loud noise, and people can't really hear you talking. Like mm-hmm. when the airplane flies over Wayne and Garth, and they're having an argument, and you just hear the end of what Garth says. He's like, "Until the handle breaks off." <laughs> That's a good yep. one. Ticket. Um, I fell on my keys. <laughs> good one. I do say that, but I, it also was said in the Mystery Science Theater movie where oh. an alien falls down and turns to dust and they go, oh, I fell, fell on, on my, my keys. keys. <laughs> but I did like that because uh, he sends all those guys to like do like army crawls yeah. up towards the studio and then Garth is like lost behind them all <laughs> like seconds after dropping to the ground. <laughs> guys, hold up. I fell on my keys. <laughs> and then this is something I used to quote more when I was a child, uh, which is the diddly-doo, diddly-doo, diddly-doo. No, I've, I've seen... You're not the first white straight guy I've seen who's done wow. that in my face. Yeah. Wow. I called you out. Identity politics. Wow. Uh, I'm offended that you would <laughs> think that I'm white. <laughs> um, can we talk about the plot a little bit? Can you explain yes. to me what Benjamin... Yeah. Rob Lowe, hard eyes emoji. He is very handsome. I alluded to it earlier with his bone structure. But what about that but he's hair? Dis- no, this hair is terrible. Yeah. But his he's got Don he's Junior distractingly hair. Distractingly attractive. Yeah, he's a handsome guy. Girl, pretty. He is very nineties in this. Yes, I mean he is a very voluminous uh, pants. Uh, <laughs> pants a voluminous double-breasted uh jacket that isn't quite into zoot suit territory it's in this weird awkward phase where if it had just like one more inch of fabric it would be a zoot suit but otherwise (laughs) it's just weird um yeah it's very 90s and disgusting Mm -hmm. but Um, it's a very handsome man yeah the just say it what you're saying what is his plot as as yeah what is his scheme as the villain well so because he's not that into Wayne's World, and he doesn't seem all that into Noah's Arcade. Seems like, okay, so, so he's got, he's got this Twain client. Meet? He's got Noah Vanderhoff. It's his client. Okay. He needs to get, um, he wants to sell him a sh- something to sponsor, basically. So I don't know how that works as far as like. Mm-hmm. Why don't you-, you just get one of the existing shows on television and right. sponsor that? Um, but it sounds like there was some reason that he that noah vanderhoff wasn't interested in the stuff they had been pitching him and so he had to find some other thing to pitch him so he finds wayne's world and so it seems like just money is mm-hmm. what he's after he's after i mean that i got that but, he was after money and so he the the I he guess, wasn't like wayne's son who was getting revenge <laughs> i didn't think that was the case but the, the conflict i guess is that is that wayne's world is like you know selling out quote unquote but it's like if he could have just he eventually does just go back to public access but it's like if you want to be on tv like did you think there were not going to be commercials if you <laughs> like even if like cbs picked him up right 
there would have been commercials in between and there would have been sponsors and there would have been, you know, actors. So it's like, it's not, uh, obviously it's just a, a silly movie. I'm not like really that upset about it, but when you like really think of it zoomed out a little bit, you're like, he's not really that much of a villain. Well, I did have trouble. I mean, not even that. I mean, Rob Lowe, he's, he's smarmy. He's Benjamin like, is yeah. definitely smarmy yeah. and yeah. he's definitely hitting on Mike Myers girlfriend, yes. which is shitty anyway. Yeah. Uh, and do- obviously doesn't have Wayne's or Garth's lest we forget best interest in mind. Right. Um, but the other thing I couldn't get over is like why Noah of Noah's arcade fame is also sort of a villain. Right. Like he gets shat upon by Wayne and Garth. And I'm like, why is he bad? He never seems to be all that bad. No. I mean, they're, they're just making fun of him. I don't think they like the, he's, but why villain. are they making fun of him? Because they, that's their thing. They make fun of like the guy that came on with right. the, the vacuum hair cutter or, in the beginning. Uh-huh. He didn't do anything wrong. They're just like, this is, this, I guess, this guy's a tool. I guess because he's there the entire time and he's just sort of always sort of being the butt of a joke. I'm like, is he supposed to be someone I'm against? Right. Because his name is what gets put on, like his yeah. Noah's yeah. Arcade presents Wayne's World and he is putting up the money. So he and he's gets kind to of a be, dingbat and he's got He's a, kind like, of a dingbat, but like not mean. No. Yeah. Um, he is well, and he is kind of like painted as as an asshole because he's talking about the kids in his arcade as they're zombies just pumping quarters. I don't care as long as they right. Keep. I guess, but it's like I don't know. He's a capitalist, I guess. But yeah, uh, <laughs> is I that guess, inherently wrong? Stay tuned for the next three hours as we talk <laughs> about that. Uh, I guess the other thing that kept popping into my mind was that um, there are a lot of stories about Mike Myers being an asshole right. on especially this set. Like this is his first movie yeah. and there are a lot of stories about him and Penelope flipping Penelope tables. or Phoebe Penelope Spheris. Spheris. Yeah. Um I couldn't remember her first name. Who is the director? This movie for for a time, I don't know if it still holds this record, but was the big biggest selling movie directed by a woman. Hmm. Um but she had a hard time getting along with yeah. Mike Myers. Uh, he, at one point, found out there was butter on the bagel table, instead like the craft services, instead of margarine, and flipped a table. Allegedly. Right. Um, and apparently, at one point, this is a different trivia section, but it, like once I read the second trivia piece, I was like, oh, that reflects differently on this part, where Mike Myers threatened to quit the entire movie if they didn't use Bohemian Rhapsody in the car, in right. the car scene. They were going to use a Guns N' Roses song, and he... I mean, it's hard to argue, I guess, because it became such an iconic scene, right. but the it also the- seems like a real, like, it, also, Guns N' Roses seems more of a Wayne and Garth move, song to dance right, to, right. or headbang to, so it just seems like a dick move, and then Wayne also kind of being a dick about, like, hey, this guy gave you the money so you could live your dream, could you just talk to him for five seconds right, and right. talk about his arcade? Talk about video no. games, which people that are watching the show probably are interested in. I'm going to mock him relentlessly yeah. and treat him as, like, I feel like the movie somewhat treats him like a, yes. a minor villain. He is, yeah. And never gives me a justification for why he is yeah. a villain. Well, and th- this is, I don't think there's really a, ever a good excuse in that context to flip mm-hmm. a table, for example. But also, I think that sometimes people who are can get a bad reputation for standing up for creative decisions and like i'm not saying that anything's justified but it's also i wonder where right. that line or where the tr- where like the actual 
what actually happened and like who don't he forget was he with. also had everyone re-record all of his lines in shrek because he decided at the end of recording that shrek should have it a brogue accent right he doesn't seem like like a reasonable well, guy. And what we need to know is how many of those little fits didn't work out because we're hearing about <laughs> two, we're hearing about two of them that did work out really True. well. That okay, Bohemian Rhapsody was a huge hit, like it like made a good scene in the movie, and Shrek was a huge hit. So would it have been if he hadn't didn't and have that accent? Do you know, know that originally Austin Powers was just an insurance salesman? <laughs> and he made them re-film the whole thing as a spy spoof but did it pay off international you man of me. amortization it was originally called <laughs> actuarial man of amortization i don't only know i only know like through two insurance terms um it did great though. um yeah so i i would you no, know i know i mean i'm it, not it, saying it's hard I, to argue when there are two iconic scenes yeah but it also makes me think i don't ever want to be around you right yeah he's he seems like he'd be difficult to work with and not again not that this is an excuse but apparently during the shooting of this his father was really ill and died shortly thereafter right. and you're like you wonder if that had something to do with any bad behavior but it's like did that also happen in Austin Powers? <laughs> Did his dad also died during right. Shrek? Because, yeah, the, he kind of has this reputation. That, and anyway, I never want to give people an excuse for bad behavior either because I think that's that's just not the way to deal with situations. But it's also... Have you thought about not flipping a right, table? Right, Also, who the fuck prefers margarine? What is wrong with you? Canadians? <laughs> they don't know what's going on. It's all topsy turvy out there. Uh, my mom uh, at one point um, would also reenact the Foxy <laughs> Lady uh, Garth Algar dance. Can we just talk so. about how great Garth is? Garth is, spoiler alert, my Catherine O'Hara Memorial Award MVP of this movie. Mm. Uh, he doesn't carry the movie, but he's just so overwhelmingly charming. He's, Anytime he's anyone charming. who is not Wayne or his close friends comes up to him, he immediately like seizes up <laughs> and just says like responds in only short syllables. I'm gonna have to. I, I, my nominee is Kurt Fuller because <laughs> because it's like it's no secret that Dana Carvey is a genius. Like and true, and he, true, true. And Garth is very nice in this, but like Kurt Fuller, I think carried. He made me laugh out loud several times, as well as, as Garth did, but like in a surprising way. Right. Um, and also, Garth is pretty prone to violence <laughs> in a pretty funny way, but... He did electrocute that man. <laughs> I mean, the man who did push him, like sho- shoved him across the room, but... An eye for an eye, DJ. An eye also, for an eye. So is... Uh, Tia Carreras gets to Cassandra's. Yeah, she spilled a drink on you. And then she roundhoused him <laughs> to unconsciousness. All right. Uh, while we're talking about how Mike Myers is maybe a dick, uh, can we talk about the women in this movie? Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Let's name all of them in the movie. Stacy. And Cassandra. Cassandra. End of list. Oh, Ione Sky. Of course. Yeah. I wrote her down on my notes. Yeah. Um, uh, um, Vanderhoff's wife, oh, played by Colleen Camp, who is a dingbat. Um, not Ooh. Colleen Camp, but the character of okay. Mrs. Vanderhoff. Apparently, she's also. sort of a trophy wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, she has three lines practically in the movie. Yeah. I didn't realize, of course, that she was played by Colleen Camp, who plays Yvette the maid in Clue, a movie I'll be lobbying to do this year. 
Another but, one I'm worried about because I do like that movie. No, I know. I, <laughs> let's do it long after this one <laughs> because I think it'll also be great. Um, but there are two women, and one of the, them is Stacy, who yeah. pretty much is just shit upon the entire movie. Yeah. She is uh, Wayne's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. They broke up two months ago. She still seems Which to is think they're Which is not dating. long enough for how weird they're treating her. Like, I wish, just right. like, literally just change it to like eight months. Yeah. And it'd be a lot more weird that she's so obsessed with it. Two months is like not that long. And, you know, I guess they didn't date that long because he says something about how long they dated too. Right. It's like a, a few weeks or something like that. But she gets but, him a gun rack as a present, which I thought was a f- weird and funny. I don't have joke. a gun. Nonetheless, <laughs> many, zun, many guns. Many guns to justify a rack for them. Uh a good line she then later when he's flirting with cassandra tries to make him jealous by making out with some other guy in uh at the gas works the yes. venue at which heaviest of metals are played <laughs> um she falls through a glass window onto a couch apparently sprains her neck because the rest of the movie she has a neck brace on yeah later on hits a parked car while riding a bike flips over the car um she just con- like the more the movie goes on, the more she's shit upon, while also being called what is it? A psycho hose beast. What is a hose? Is that a Canadian hoser thing? Maybe. Uh, um, Seems like just a way to creatively insult a woman. I wouldn't have minded if there were just like any more women in the movie, <laughs> right? Who were not yeah. treated like shit, um, because Cassandra also like has that weird. Um vibe of just being like perfect lady like pedestal lady like yeah. she rocks she can fight she's a badass and tia carrera god bless her is not a very good actress yeah so like literally what is brought on that character is on the page yeah yeah uh so when like her and mike myers have this breakup scene it's like very awkward it's and also very involves much mike myers accusing her of cheating and slut shaming her yeah which is not a great look. Well, she's she's not like correct. Yeah, even yeah is it's not great. It's not a good look. You're I mean you're not supposed to be like on Wayne's side at that point. No he no is, no certainly. But like it's still it is very like out of left field and actually surprised that she wasn't more mad. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like surprised she, just, she didn't roundhouse. Yeah, because the guy spilled beer on her <laughs> and he was almost killed. Yeah. but it does she lead to in the neck. Uh, probably one of my favorite scenes, which is when Wayne goes to get her back and goes <laughs> to the shoot. They're shooting a music video, and she's like holding a python and a waterfall, and it's very over the top. And um, they're on a break, and Wayne comes in. <laughs> He's like, "We all." Know. He does like he throws water in his face and says, "I never learned to read." <laughs> and then he also says, "We all know there's no film in this camera." And then he opens <laughs> it up. Just film. And just, just film pouring out. shooting out. So much film. It's very good. It is funny. But yeah, the the women get short shrift in this movie. It's it's not it's not good. It's not the worst, but it's not great. Yeah. Um I do ha- I did write down one line that I enjoyed, um, because it plays back to Chris Farley, where later they're coming up with their scheme, which involves getting Mr. Sharp the of Sharp Records yeah. attention. Frankie Sharp of Sharp Records. And uh, they know exactly where he's going to be. And yeah. Mike Myers goes, aren't we lucky to have gotten that information? Seemed extraneous at the time. <laughs> Which is another example of a very highbrow joke, like yeah. popping in. And of course, like a wink to the camera. They also do three... What I'm saying is it's charming. Movie. It is charming. And they, they do three alternative endings 
uh, alternate endings. The first one being <laughs> like everything he they get in all three endings. They Frankie Sharp f- gets the individual broadcast. He uh-huh. comes to Wayne's house, and um, in the <laughs> first ending, he just says, uh, "I saw it, but it's not the right time." <laughs> and then Benjamin, if something happens, Benjamin uh, says, "I told you, you're small potatoes," or something. And then the like the the camera like sparks and the whole house burns down and Garth's dead. And, and then, then later we find that Benjamin is with uh, Cassandra on like beach. on an island <laughs> resort. And then they go to the Scooby-Doo ending, which Benjamin is actually the like the old man at the donut <laughs> shop, <laughs> which is a good one. And then they do the mega happy ending where everybody, where everyone gets, becomes a good, better person at the end. Yeah. Including uh, Rob Lowe. Charming again. Yeah. I also, can't, can't Rob Lowe, who I think is pretty good actor, is pretty bad in this. Yeah, I would agree. There's a lot of. Um, he's very stiff. He's he, very stiff. I mean, he's supposed he, to be a bad guy, but. And in this type of movie, there's a lot of him like looking and then being like confused. And he's the only actor who does it. Yeah. I guess I mean like when Wayne and Garth do something fourth wall breaking right. or something like that. He's sort of like gets uh, a, he sees it. a jump cut to him and he's like, hmm, weird. Like is the right. look on his face. I'm like, don't do that. I don't like that. Yeah. I say to a movie that's already <laughs> been filmed. Um, yeah. It's, he's not, he's definitely not at his Parks and Rec peak of right. comedy acting. Yeah. Um, and I think he said himself is that he learned a lot on this movie of uh, being a comedic actor. Also, the grinder. Did you ever beautiful. see the grinder? Oh, oh yes, I did. I actually, really I thought you meant the show. app, the app grinder. Also, grinder. Go ahead and get on there. He's on there. <laughs> <laughs> but only '90s Rob Lowe. Hello, hey. Hey. cat sound. Swipe up. I don't know how grinder works. No, you just send a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> um, what What I like about grinders is you can go ahead and take the dick pic and just have it ready to go. You don't have to like spend all that time like getting the dick out, getting it ready. Just what is that? You just have like a it'll access your album. Is this that what is you're saying? Nonsense. Okay. This is just nonsense talk. Okay. Um, you just I think you. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been on Grindr. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but I think you just like them, and then it, then you just say, "Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hi, hey, sup, hey." Oh, remember that guy, sup. Was that that was a guy that wanted to date you? Sup, bro, is the text I got. Sup, bro, and I was like, "Wow, we didn't connect because you would know never to say that to me." And then he sniffed gasoline. That's a different guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like what? the the new. The I new, know how to pick them. <laughs> I like the new Wayne's World theme. It's Wayne's World, Wayne's World. They get when they're party time, <laughs> excellent. And then they have a an announcer who's like, "Party on, Wayne, and party on, Garth." <laughs> that was pretty good. What does Garth say when Wayne quits all of a sudden on set, and it's just Garth on camera? Does he say, "I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a, a good, good time. time"? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like backing away from the camera. Oh, Garth, he doesn't know. What did you think? Sorry, do you have something else? I have nothing else. What did you... So, two of the most annoying things about Wayne's World, and this was uh, about... I just find them annoying catchphrases, which is, we're not worthy. Like, it's kind of maybe the first time I thought it was funny, and like in this movie, they only use it once. With Alice Cooper, yeah. Yeah. So, it kind of works. Uh, but it's a thing that gets really annoying really fast. 
And then also not like where you say something and then you say not. And I think that's more because everyone I knew said it all the time. Did not come from this or did not come from culture and got got bigger because of this. Yeah, it's probably the second thing, but I don't know. The first time I saw it was from Wayne's World for sure. Mm -hmm. No one I knew was cool enough to like make up something like that. I mean, those are the thing. I mean, I guess it, it's a little. <sighs> Wait, I feel like with Mike Myers, both this and Austin Powers, um, this reveals my snobbery. But I always felt like I enjoyed it in a different way that everyone else enjoyed it. You're liking is, this movie wrong, exactly. And so a lot of the jokes that I found sort of dumb or didn't even notice, like a lot of people got really into, and mm. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Like yeah, it just annoyed things. me, and it also like tends to then color the movie itself. Um, it's like if you go to see uh, a band that you really like, and people just want to hear the radio hit, and, and you're, you're like, like, oh no, they have so much no, better songs. That's not even the best song on the album. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which I do all the time. Yes, that's it what is, it is. It's it, the same emotion. You don't get to like it. Like you don't like Lizzo. Like I like Lizzo. <laughs> what about her first record? I didn't even know she had a first record. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, that's what happens when you have comedies that have that are both highbrow and lowbrow. Yeah, and are well, no. I mean, I think it's specific, especially because Mike Myers has that highbrow, lowbrow right. mix intentionally. You're yeah. gonna have like dumb guys who're like, "I love the we're not worthy" part, and then other people are like, "I like when Alice Cooper explains the origins <laughs> of the word Milwaukee." <laughs> Um, so, so I mean, that happens and then it happened with Austin Powers. Yeah. Um, and you know, then you eventually hate Mike Myers. Like my favorite thing about Austin Powers is that, uh, the sound it makes when the guy calls him (laughs) because I'm highbrow. That's right. Yeah. Your brows are higher than other people's brows. All right. You ready to go to the verdict? Luckily we all agreed on the love guru. Yeah. It's the best it and is. has the right amount of levels of brow. I never saw it. No one did. Uh, I have no idea. I heard it was very, very, very bad. Yes. I read the Nathan Rabin world of flops about mm. the love guru. Don't worry. There is a scene where Mike Myers is played as a kid, but they superimposed his face onto the kid's face. Don't so do it's that. in a word unsettling. Let's go to the verdict, which you already know. Okay. I enjoyed this movie and laughed heartily at many parts of it. Agreed. Uh, I share your verdict. I think we pointed out the women in this movie get a, get short shrift, but uh, it is... Yeah, I laughed out loud, even though I've seen this movie many times. I still kind of forgot about some stuff, laughed out loud. Uh, I think the thing that actually made me laugh out the ma- loud the most was when they were learning how to count down on the TV show. <laughs> and so you don't say three, two, or one, and then uh, as they're counting down to go live, and they keep, they're like, guys, you're counting along, and then you're like, you're nodding, and then they're just, they make these faces, these really (laughs) stiff, (laughs) in Mike Myers' face. I laughed heartily. No, I laughed along with you. I don't know if you noticed, but I was also laughing. Well, you have such a quiet laugh. How can I tell? Agreed. Uh, As the spikes on this microphone can attest to. (laughs) 
yeah, it's it's a pretty fun. The the plot holds together enough for the yeah, jokes. I mean, I gr- it's a it's a, a very broad comedy, so it's like a, it's a hanger a joke. for jokes. Yeah, it's exactly, and it's fine. Yes, you can poke holes in it, but it's not like they're like, where did those aliens come from? You know, like. Um, what do you guys think? Email us. Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can call us 615-576-0525. Uh, you can find us on all the social media, although not me because I'm quitting. I'm getting out of there. Getting out of the social media. Yeah, well, we'll at least personally. I'm, so I, I have to post all the things now? Yeah, I haven't deleted anything yet, but I'm not, I haven't looked at it. You're not year. going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because it's a little complicated when you're like, you're oh, not going anywhere. Dozens of people need to know about our new episodes. <laughs> Um, Eights of people. We want to thank our patrons. Yes, we do. For helping us create this show. Especially Little Flick. Oh, I thought that said something else. Just Cuz. Jacob Grimm. Brandon Hardy. Christine in Brooklyn. His Honor the Mayor. Jeremy Powlin. Joshua Nicholson. Karen Curd. Larissa Maestro. Larissa Maestro was just on The Bachelor. Wait, what? Apparently she played in a band. I read an article and it was like... Quoting Larissa all over the place. What? And they were talking about being on The Bachelor. You know how she went to Los Angeles to be on The Bachelor. You know how they have those uh, awkward where they just like sing First while off, two people dance. You've seen you've seen clips, even if you haven't. Seen I the show. actually don't know if I have. I see them holding roses, and then I look away from the television. Let me, let me reenact it for you. I'm gonna grab a guitar here. You be you, and imagine that you're with a, your your new. Person I'm you're me. Dealing. Yeah, <laughs> you're with the the new person that you're trying to woo. And I'm going, my wooey. Love is a many splendored thing. <laughs> I immediately wanted to look away. Love, no, but I'm staring right uh, at you. Is a murder splendor thing. And wait, but you're you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just some. Uh, I'm a, a some usually Session a country musician? artist, a new country artist that is using the Bachelor as a platform, mm. or the Bachelor is using me, I guess. And. Uh, and then they, the, the couple like dances awkwardly while they sing at them. But apparently, Larissa was in one of those bands. She's a very talented musician. As you she know. is. Uh, Mazel Tov, Larissa. I'm sorry I don't watch enough of The Bachelor. But anyway. now I have to go on her stories and see if I can <laughs> suss this out within the next few hours. <laughs> also, this episode is, episode is dedicated to... Dan McIntyre, Wayne's World fan numero uno. Yeah. Also, Ghosts in the Burbs. And Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. If you want to come become a patron like them, patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. Help us keep making the show. Thank you. Easy come, easy go. Will you, you let, let me go? go? Mash. Wait, what does he say? Mash moosh mash. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't let you go. Let me 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 go. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh, what a terrible oh, emperor. Mia, mia. I'm going to come mia, down mia, hard mia. on Emperor Palpatine. He's not a very good emperor. <laughs> He's not for the people. <laughs> and those robes. Has there ever been an emperor who's known for, you know, being of the people? No, I think by definition they don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs>